Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode here on the Southridge Church Podcast. Here at Southridge Church, we are passionate about leading you to take your next steps in your faith journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. On Wednesdays, we go live with our Extra Point podcast as we dive deeper into the message you are listening to today. Also, you can follow us on social media by searching at SRCWV. Thank you once again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy today's message. of the year, the last day of the year, and I am so excited to see so many of you all here together. I'm Cheryl Ross, the Next Steps and Discipleship Pastor, and as we're here today on the last day of the year, many of us may be looking back over the, the past year and thinking about it. Some of us may be filled with some different emotions, some different feelings on that. Some of you maybe had an amazing year, and you are so thankful, and you're ending this year on such a high note. You can't wait for next year to start. And some of us maybe have had a difficult year. Maybe we've had some loss that we've experienced, and maybe we're grieving as we head into the new year. Um, But regardless of what your feelings may be, the, the year is coming. Many of us will stay up until midnight to welcome in the new year. Some of us, like me, will be asleep long before then. Um, But regardless of whether you're awake or not, it comes, right? The sun rises each morning, a new day comes, a new year will be here. And we find ourselves in this unique moment where we're all here together. And so um, we're going to capitalize on that today. As I prayed and prepared for what it is that I should share with you today, I kept coming back to this text that Um, Some of you may be familiar with when we get there, some of you all may not, and some of you may think, why this text? Like, what's it have to do with me? But I promise you, there's something for you in it. And what I want us to do today is I want us to just not think necessarily about what's been happened this year or what's going to happen next year. I want us to just be present in this current moment, in this current space for the next, like, 20 minutes or so, okay? Because I believe that for many of us, those things that have happened and the things that are coming can create a lot of stress, a lot of worry, a lot of unknowns, a lot of um, anxiety, and I don't want us to think about that. But so as we get into this today, um, I want you to know that, that your story matters. Your past, your experiences, and your perspective, it matters. And so um, if I can have Pastor Anna, and you, would you come over up here for a second? So I can just demonstrate how much your perspective matters, all right? So would you describe to me what you see? Don't tell me what it is. Describe it. Colorful, lots of buttons. Different directions and words, all right? Pastor Anna, would you describe to me what you see? A black box. Your perspective matters. Thank you, guys. Your perspective matters very greatly, all right? So as we share today, as I get into it, I want you to think about your perspective with this story. And I want you to also to start, think about a time that you didn't really feel wanted from, like maybe the people that were there didn't really want you there. Maybe you felt 
a little bit of rejection in that moment. Think about a time. I remember when I was younger, I was the youngest. I had all older brothers, and when I would hang out with them and their friends, I would often feel unwanted, and I would feel like they didn't really want me there. They didn't really feel, um, they felt bothered. They felt annoyed by my presence. They didn't want me around. I know I felt this sometimes with my stepmom. I felt this at times with friends or coworkers. Um, not necessarily in this environment, all right? <laughs> my coworkers are awesome now, all right? But um, think of that time. Maybe it is a time where you really did feel more rejected, whether that was from family, um, even maybe parents at times who maybe felt you felt like they didn't want you around or they did reject you. Maybe it was friends or coworkers or um, people at school. Um, maybe it was that you tried for something and you didn't make it. We have just finished this series, Family Christmas Tree, where we've heard about how it doesn't matter your title your status, your position, your wealth, your circuit, it doesn't, those things don't matter. Your reputation, all of that doesn't really matter when it comes to God. But that God made a way to be present with you. That's what Christmas that we just celebrated all about is God making a way to be present with us. And so in this story today, I believe that in these four little verses, in chapter 10 of Mark, in Scripture, we see Jesus give us this story, this, this demonstration of how regardless of what other people may feel and how other people may look at you, that he feels that you belong and that he wants you in his presence. And so we're going to see this today. And as I tell this story, I want you to think about what you hear in the story. I want you to think about maybe what you don't hear in the story. I want you to place yourself in it. Think about who you might be in this story and how you might feel if you were each different character in this story. So I'm going to tell this story first just by using scripture and then I'm going to have some people come up and help retell it. All right? Because I know kids are in the room and many of you may be thinking this is going to be chaos, but that's okay. All right, we're going to embrace it because I love it when kids are in the room. I was a children's pastor here for eight years before I transitioned in this role, so I want you to just know your kids will not distract me, okay? They're more of a distraction to you than they are ever going to be of me. I'm used to it. I have three youngins of my own. It's okay, all right? So um, a little background to this story is that you know, Jesus, this is a time when Jesus was an adult, and he had been going around traveling, teaching the people, healing the sick, um, doing all kinds of things, right? He had the disciples with him, which were his closest followers, his closest friends, and a disciple in this time was someone who would learn from their teacher. They had a teacher or a master that they would follow, they would learn by what they say and what they do, and that was their most single goal. All right? So this is our story. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus to touch them and to bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. 
when Jesus saw what was happening, he became angry, really angry. And he said to them, do not stop them. Let the children come to me. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like them. And he told them this truth. He said, I tell you this truth. For those who cannot receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And then he picked up the children in his arms, placed his hands on their heads, and blessed them. And that is our story today. So now we're going to retell that story, but before we, I bring the people up, think about what you felt, what you heard or didn't hear, and how you might react in that situation. So if I could get um, the people who are playing Jesus and the disciples to go ahead and come on up. I've pre-picked these people. Yes. Jesus, here's your seat. <laughs> no, not quite. This is the pick up the children and bless them, Jesus. We just told the story. All right. All right. So you disciples, can I have, um, can you come down here by Eli Landon? Can you swap spaces down here? Okay. Sorry, I, want, I need some adults on both sides. Okay. <laughs> All right. So... Now, we've got Jesus, we've got the disciples. Now I need some parents and my stand-in parent to um, be willing to bring your children to Jesus. I know, it's okay, I said it's going to be chaos. All right, so I know I've got my stand-in parent for my kiddos. Could I have somebody with a baby be willing to bring their, okay? Those parents, I want you guys to come and stand at the bottom of these stairs for a moment. You can come, yeah. All right, stand at the bottom of the stairs for a moment. <laughs> My kid's done left his family. It's okay. All right. Anybody else want to bring their children? We don't know how many. All right, the rest of you are the crowds, all right? So now we're going to retell this story, and I want you guys to pretend like you're those people. So the disciples, you um, are going to be scolding the parents, right? You're going to be trying to stop them from bothering Jesus, okay? All right. So one day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so that he could touch them and bless them. The disciples scolded the parents for bringing, parents, you got to come, for bringing their children to Jesus. But when Jesus saw this, he became angry. And he said to them, do not stop them. Let them come to me. He said, for the kingdom of God belongs to those like them. The kingdom of God, of heaven, of God, belongs to those that are like these children. He said, I tell you this truth. If you do not receive like these little children, then you will never, never enter it. And then he took the children in his arms, (laughs) touched their heads, and he blessed them. (laughs) 
about this, all right? We have the parents with the children. And you may wonder, who were these parents? I find this funny because when I read this story, I always picture it being the moms. Like, I always picture it being the moms. I, I mean, you know, moms in here, you know how you can just get it in your head. You're going to do something. You, you know what's best for your kid, and you're going to make it happen. But, and, and ironically, I didn't have any dads volunteer to bring their kids up here. <laughs> I don't know. But who were the parents? And what, you know, why did they want to bring their kids to Jesus? Was it because they had seen him heal people? I mean, it says just to bless them. What was the blessing that these parents were hoping Jesus would give their children? Was it simply to just have an encounter with Jesus? Was it simply to be so that they could say, hey, I met him. I know him. What was it? What made these parents decide to come out of the crowd, push through, past the disciples, not knowing what would happen, to say, no matter what, I'm going to take my kid to Jesus. Who were the children? Were they babies? Were they babies where they couldn't even talk or walk? Or were they older children? We don't know. We don't know anything about them. We just know that they were children that their parents wanted to take to Jesus. And what, why, why did the disciples try to stop the parents? Did they feel like they were Jesus' bodyguard? Like, I mean, I'm sure in all the crowds with all the people and all the times when the people would want to come to Jesus, it probably got to be a little bit overwhelming for Jesus that time. And maybe at times, maybe they weren't so bad because there might have been a lot of times where they knew they needed to take care of Jesus and make sure that he could teach uninterrupted. Because what he'd been teaching is important. So maybe it wasn't that, but maybe, maybe they just didn't see the kids as that important. Maybe they saw them as insignificant. Maybe they thought and they could see in the crowd even that there were people that seemed like they had more trouble, more sickness, more things that were more important to come to Jesus. Why? What made Jesus so angry? Why did Jesus become so angry? And what did he mean exactly when he said that you need to accept the believe in the kingdom of God to receive it like a child? It's like this paradox that he says to us, like, hey, you need to be like them in order to receive this. And if you don't, you will never enter it. What was it? What is it about the kids? All right, thank you guys. You may go back down. Thank you. Yes. It's okay. So here's the deal. As they go back, I want you to think about who are you in that story? Are you the parent or the person who's just trying to make it to Jesus just for a simple blessing? You know, when I, a lot of my family's Catholic, and I'll never forget the time my aunt made me go up for a blessing. 
because I wasn't, I hadn't gone through First Communion. They, they have this whole class that you have to take in order to take communion. And we don't do that here. We believe in open communion. But she made me go up for a blessing from the priest. And I thought, why? Why are you making me do this? I felt so silly. But I went. And I even remember I tried to walk away before he was done, and he grabbed me and said, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> but I wonder how many of us feel that way when it comes to Jesus and what we need from him. How many of us are hesitant to go to him? How many of us wouldn't push through? And how many of us maybe would only try to take a partial blessing and walk away before he's finished? Are you a parent who's willing to push through regardless of the distraction, regardless of the naysayers, regardless of everything else that might try to block you or stop you from getting to him? Now, many of you, like you're, you maybe are single in here or don't have kids, but I want you to imagine yourself as that person who is just trying to get to Jesus. Are you like them? Or are you the child? Are you the child who just, needs to get to Jesus. You need to be brought before him because of the things that have gone on in your life, the difficulties, the situations. You just need him to pick you up and hold you and bless you. Are you the disciple who looks at others that maybe you work with or those people in your family or that girlfriend or boyfriend of someone in your family or those who are less fortunate than are you the, those kind of people who might look out and think that they don't deserve to come to Jesus and so you never actually witness to them you never share your story or your perspective or your things because you're just looking at them and you don't really want to have them come to Jesus in the same way you do because you don't want to share that space with them most of us would say we're not. We wouldn't want to admit that. But sometimes we can be that way. Or are you someone in the crowd who's just content to hang back, to observe, to listen, and hear, but never press forward to something more, to something greater, to something better? Are you hesitant? Are you afraid to come to Jesus? Do you look out and you see people that have more significant problems and think that what you need from Jesus isn't as important or isn't it enough to come to him? I think, I fear that so many of us are like this. I have heard so many people say, well, my, my problems aren't that big of a deal. And so you never even bring it to Jesus. You see, often in times in life, there is a moment when we were younger that we were made to feel a certain way, like we didn't belong or we were rejected in some way, and that has followed us to where then we don't feel comfortable coming to Jesus. Mike Foster talks about these seven primal questions. They're like, am I safe? Am I wanted? 
Am I enough? Good enough? Am I successful? Do I have purpose? And he says that there's a moment in your life where you answer no to that question, and it's a significant moment in your life, and that can often follow you. And sometimes in order to protect ourselves, to keep ourselves from feeling that same answer of no in our lives, we'll just avoid it. And so we don't take our dreams and our desires and our passions to God. We don't fully follow him in the way that we know that he's calling us to because we don't want to face that no, to face that rejection, to face that moment where maybe we feel that we're not good enough. We're not wanted. We're not safe. What is it that you need to push past and come to Jesus for? What is it? So in this moment, we're here together as families or individuals. And I want us to really think about what it is that we need from Jesus in the coming year. Imagine you're sitting here at this time next year. Do you want to be in the same place that you are now? Do you want to be the same person that you are now? Because you have this choice to make, and it's dependent on you and the fact that you just simply have to make that decision and then train yourself to do so. That's part of why we're doing this journey through Luke. But that doesn't start until next week. You can make the decision today to say, I don't want to be in the same place that I am next week, next year, at this time next year. You can make the decision to say, I am going to be closer to Jesus. I'm going to be a better follower of Jesus. My family is going to come to Jesus, and we're going to push through any distraction. You see, the disciples were people in this story today, but often the disciples in our life may look like other things. It may look like work. It may look like sports. It may look like sleeping in. It may look like all these other things in our life that stops us from coming to Jesus for the blessing that he has for us, whether it's for that day or beyond. And so, think about it. What do you need to push through to get to Jesus? What are you hoping Jesus would say to you? If you could come before him and sit at his feet and have him bless you, what would you hope for, for you, for your family, for your kids, your grandkids, for your coworkers, for the other kids that are in class with you, the other students that you interact with? What is it that you hope Jesus could give? What do you need from him today, now? Are you just needing some hope? Do you need peace? Do you need to realign your priorities so that way you can fully pursue Jesus in a different way, in a better way? That you come to him and you're not hesitant and you're not afraid, but you come to him boldly knowing that he will not reject you, that he will not turn you away, that he won't rebuke you or scold you or look down upon you, but he'll look at you with love. You see, when we're told to be like these children, 
It's not because he wants us to be childish, but he knows that as a child goes to their parents, a child is only dependent upon their parents for their needs, for their basic things. They're humble in a way that they know, like my kids, I know they need fed multiple times a day. They don't even have to ask me for that. I'm going to do that for them anyway, because I know what they need. But there are some things that they need. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes they want me to watch, you know, spend a minute watching them play a game. Maybe it's to play a game with them. And they know to come to me for that. And we should be the same to know that God's going to provide our needs, that he is there to do that, but then to also know that he is the only one who can really truly provide us with our deepest needs. That without him, without coming to him, we will walk away without the full blessing. Thank you so much for joining us today here at Southridge Church. You can always find us online on Facebook and Instagram at SRCWV. You can also find us on YouTube as well by searching Southridge Church. Here at Southridge Church, we are on a mission to be the perfect place for imperfect people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ impacting lives around the corner and around the world. Once again, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week.